In, uh, in Luke's gospel, you all know Luke. So Luke was a doctor and, uh, and a physician. And Luke came to know Jesus and he wanted to write down the story so that everybody in the future would know all about Jesus. And so he wrote down all the, the stories that he could collect about Jesus. And, uh, and so in Luke's gospel, he tells the story of, of uh, the early disciples. And it was really early. They had just started following him. And, and Jesus had healed uh, a skin disease on somebody. And then like word spread and everybody wanted to know this Jesus. And so he went to a house and he was teaching inside the house. There was a huge crowd there and they, and they packed in. Well, there were these, these four guys in that community and they had a friend who was paralyzed and they wanted to see if Jesus might be able to heal their friend. Some of you know this story. And, and so they brought their friend to the house because they wanted him to meet Jesus, but the crowd was too big. They couldn't get him in. So does anybody know what the friends did? Anybody heard this story before? Yeah. Yeah, outstanding. So they, they took the tiles off of the roof. They like, like often there was like kind of sod roofs. They, they like would pull the dirt tiles off the top of the roof and they lowered the man right in at Jesus' feet. And Jesus, he sees this man at his feet and he looks up and he sees the friends and he says to the, the man, because of the faith of your friends, you are healed. And the man gets up and, and walks out. And then Luke's gospel says this interesting thing right after that. It says, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God, right? When we see remarkable things, we give praise to God. But then it says this, they were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. We have seen remarkable things today. So do you think when, when people saw this, they meant what Jesus did, the remarkable things? I mean, that would make sense, except that Really, Jesus had done one remarkable thing in the presence of this crowd. So what are the things? Well, I wonder maybe, just maybe, if the things that they saw was both what Jesus did and what the friends had done. To pull a paralyzed man up to a roof and then drop him in at the feet of Jesus. So much love and care for this paralyzed man in their midst. We've seen remarkable things today. I hope you've enjoyed uh, Mr. Mad and, and all the experiments. I mean, the, part of the idea was for us to, to remember that sort of wonder and awe that we feel as kids when we see trash cans explode into the, into the sky and pencils go through water bags without water leaking and smoke rings that, that are made with just a trash can and some smoke bombs. And right, we've seen remarkable things, but as great as Mr. Mad is and, and as fun as we had, it wasn't about that. It was about pointing us to the amazement that we get to claim in our world and in our lives at what God can do. To focus us on, on what God is capable of, to focus us on what Jesus can do in our lives. Right, This whole month has been an invitation, and I invite us one more time just to marvel and wonder at what God can do and then to own it in our own lives. So we're going to think about God's love bursting through us for a few moments this morning. Would you pray with me? God, take my lips this day and speak through them. And take our minds and think through them and take our hearts and just set them on fire with your love. Amen. Let me invite you to repeat these words after me. You ready? Just, just going to say what I say. 
The love of Jesus is ready to burst through me. Awesome. Let's, let's try that one more time. And this time, let's give emphasis to the burst. The love of Jesus is ready to burst through me. Do you believe that? Do you, do you know that in your hearts? Do you live that way? Do you live your life in that, in that way? A couple months ago, I had outlined this worship series and it was all set and the team was aware and we started putting plans together. And, and in preparation for this day, I started a, a habit of every once in a while just asking somebody uh, at random when I was out in the community, like, what do you think of when you think of church people? And, and sometimes people would answer pretty quickly and sometimes they'd look at me like they cocked their head and they'd be like, what? And then, then I'd say, well, no, like when you think of, of people of the church, like people who have a church home or a church family, like what adjectives would you use to describe them? Or what, what words do you think of? And uh, almost everyone gave me some kind of answer eventually. And, and some of the answers were really great. Like um, uh, some people said really nice things. That they're, they're people who help other people. Um, they're people who care about the world or, or care about people. However, Usually just before those, those nice things came out, they would say something like this. Well, the people in my church, and then they'd finish. And then I'd immediately know, well, okay, so they're church people talking about church people. And of course, we'd like to think about the nice things about ourselves. But I began wondering, what about people who don't have a church family? Like, what, what would their impression be if we asked them? And so I kept asking people, and, and three of those answers really stand out. Again, lots of people said really nice things. But um, there was one young man, he was a cashier at a business, and I was in line, and he asked me what I was doing with the rest of my afternoon, which I took as an invitation to have any kind of conversation I wanted with him. And so I said, hey, um, I'm not doing much at all this afternoon, going back to work, but um, uh, like, what do you think of when you think of church people? And he gave me that look, like, what do you mean? I was like, what adjectives would you use to describe church people? And, and the word that came out, he said, stodgy. And I thought for a moment that he was like, I mean, he was probably 16, 17 years, he was a kid. And uh, I, I thought like maybe he was trying out a, an SAT word on me to see if he'd used it right. I was like, so like, what do you mean by stodgy? And he said, he said, when I think of church people, I think of, I think of older people who are really set in their ways and who have these rules and they don't want us to have fun. And I thought, ugh. Like, that's not who we are. That's not who we want to be. I, I really wish I'd gone. I was thinking about this this week. I really wish I'd have gone back uh, to that store and invited him to come watch us launch trash cans into the sky. Like, yeah, and I, that, that, that would tell him something else, right? The second answer that sticks with me, it came, um, I was in line with a woman who was about my age. Actually, she was behind me in line. I was waiting in line and, and she accidentally, she was talking to somebody and she bumped into me, which I again took as an invitation to have a conversation with her. Um, she apologized for bumping into me and, and I responded with, hey, can I ask you an out of the blue question? And she said, sure, not knowing what she was getting into. And I said, hey, like, what do you think of when you think of church people? And um, she thought about the question for a moment and she said, you know, I, I know a lot of church people are really nice. Um, but when I think of church people as a whole, I, uh, I think of cliques or, or groups that like they, 
they have it all together, they've got it all right, and, and you've got to be like at their level to be part of the group. And I thought, ah, that's not it either. And then the third answer, and this may be the one that, that sticks with me the most, it came just before I left for vacation. I was at a restaurant with somebody, and they had stood up and, and left the table. So it was just me, and the waitress came by and said, you know, do you need anything else? It's a dangerous question with a pastor at your table. And I said, ah, yeah, I actually have a question for you. What do you think of when you think of church people? And uh, she looked at me to see if I was serious and didn't answer right away. So I reframed the question again. I said, you know, like when you think of church people, what, what words come to mind or what adjectives? And she was ready when she knew I was serious. She immediately said cheap and insensitive. And I, in my head, I'm like, ugh. In fact, I think she saw it on my face. I was like, ugh. And then she said to me, she said on, on Sundays, most of us don't want to work. And I, this just, I've got to tell you this, and it was in South Bend, I won't tell you where. Um, it was in South Bend. But um, she said on Sundays, most of us don't want the after, the lunch shift on Sundays because church people are always in a hurry they're incredibly insensitive when it, it's not on their timetable, and they're lousy tippers. And I thought, and again, this is one restaurant. I get that it's a small sample size, but my heart just broke. And trying to cover it up, I, uh, I think I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but, um, but I think I said, you know, say a little more. And then she talked about, she's like, when people come in with church t-shirts or, or logoed shirts, they're also usually lousy tippers. And I thought, ah. And of course, I'm wondering how much money's in my wallet because I'm like, I'm gonna change this. <laughs> and then she tilted her head sideways and looked at me, and she 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 said, "You're a pastor, aren't you?" <laughs> and I, and of course, I was honest. I I looked at her and I said, "Yeah." And then she started to backtrack a little, and I said, "No, you don't need to backtrack. You were just being." You were just being honest, and, and I was asking, I, I appreciate your candidness. I appreciate you telling me, telling me the truth. I hope that's not who we all are, but, but I hear you saying that. And, uh, and then I, I left a big tip. <laughs> and again, I, I get that this isn't a scientific study. Every one of these situations has their own context. It's not necessarily true of, of how those who are non-church see the church in South Bend, but I think it's a question that we ought to be asking because it reflects on how we as the church, the people of God in South Bend are, are living out our faith, how we're embodying Jesus to, to the world. Paul writes this letter to the church in Thessaloniki. We know it as, as Thessalonians. And and Paul had been to this church and had preached and had inspired them and, and had good relations with the church. But then for some reason, and we're not exactly sure the reason, we, we're guessing it's persecution because of the other things that happened in Paul's ministry. But he, he wasn't able to get back to the church. And we know from the letter that he was worried about them. Like in this world that was persecuting Christians, in this world where it was hard to, to stay true to the love of Jesus and share it. He was worried about this church. And so he sent Timothy to go find out what was going on. And Timothy came back and reported that they are, they are living out the faith. They are sharing the love of Jesus with people. And so Paul writes this letter, and like he does in lots of his letters, he, 
he shared a couple things about doctrine and, and sort of corrections on, on what they believe and how they were thinking about some of the theological issues that were important to wrestle with. But the heart of the letter, that's like a, maybe, a, maybe a third of the letter, probably more like a quarter. The rest of the letter was all encouragement to the Thessalonians. And at the very heart of the letter, in the very middle, Paul says this to them. He says, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Now, you've heard me say this before. Sometimes the way we read the Bible and sometimes the English language get in the way of sort of fully understanding the the heart of a text. So have you ever heard anybody read like this? May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Right? And, and we read, and we're getting through it, and we, we'll read through something like this, and we just sort of leave it there. Yeah, that was nice. You know, Paul's talking about the church growing or whatever. But, but we miss these words, the two Greek words for, um, for increase and overflow. They are action words. And it's not incremental increase. It's this idea of bursting forth. Right, Paul isn't saying, yeah, I, I hope your love grows. I, I hope you, you know, you remember Jesus every once in a while in your lives and, and let that show. No, no, no. Paul is saying to the church, I've heard about your witness. And right now in this world, you need to let that just burst forth from you in everything that you do. This isn't incremental growth. This is love bursting out into the community. And the Bible, it holds this excitement and enthusiasm that I think it's really easy for us to sometimes miss. There's a, there's a scripture in the Gospels that Matthew um, has it that talks about moving mountains. Some of you know this scripture. You can make a mountain. If you have faith, you can move, say this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. Or say to this mountain, move into the waters, and, and it will move. And, um, and we read that scripture, and we think, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think of the Star Wars and the Force, right? And if I just have enough faith, I'll be able to move that mountain over. Only the Force never works for me. Well, except at the grocery store when you open the doors, right? What we can easily miss in that is that Herod the Great, when he wanted to build a palace, he had people literally move a mountain so that he could build the palace on top. Like he wanted the highest point and it wasn't great for building. So he took the highest point, he took the top off that mountain, made his own mountain and put the Herodian on top of the mountain so it was the highest point in the land. Jesus is standing in the shadow of that place. And he's saying to the people, God can do this, not just sort of magically, God can do this through you. Your faith can move mountains if you'll let the love that I am showing you, Jesus saying, let the love that I am showing you, like just burst through your community. You'll be able to do things like that and change and change the world. Which leads us back to this question. Right? Are we people just plodding through life? Or are we people of possibility? Are we people that are just plodding through day by day? 
Or do we believe that God can change lives and so we are people of possibility? One more image from the Bible as we think about this. And in the book of Jeremiah, uh, it talks about water as it's talking about God and, and knowing God's love. And there are two, sort of two kinds of drinking water. Um, the first one is a, is a cistern. Does anybody know what a cistern is? It's kind of like, it's, it's a container that holds water. It really, it uh, captures runoff or, or rainwater in particular, and it'll flow into a, a cistern. And in dry lands, a cistern is a great way to, to capture water so that, so that you have, have drinking water. When it rains, it, it fills it up and it, and it sits in the cistern, right? There's a better kind of water to drink. Anybody know what the better kind of water to drink is? Because if a cistern sits too long, it, it gets stagnant, things can grow in it. Spring water, right? If you travel, particularly in that area of the Holy Land, you'll realize that all the cities are built where there are springs. And they are built where there are springs because springs provide an ongoing source of living, fresh water to drink, to live on. And Jeremiah says to the church, says to the people of God at that point in time, says, don't be, don't be like a cistern, stagnant water that you've built yourselves. There is, a, there is a better water out there for you to live by, and that is my water, a living spring of water. And then Jesus picks up this image as he's talking to a woman at a well, and he says to her, I can offer you living water. And she's like, what do you mean you can offer me living water? And he uses the same expression and says, I provide water that never runs out, that never stagnates. Right? His exact words are, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. I think sometimes, like we hear a message like this and, and we think that we need somebody to stir that up in us. Like, yeah, I want to be excited about the, the joy of God. I, I want to know that excitement in my life. And, and then we think, well, I just, I just need to hear great preaching every Sunday. And Don't get me wrong. I, I, I hope to provide the best preaching I can every Sunday, but my preaching isn't great every Sunday. Don't affirm that. <laughs> right? And I think sometimes we think to church and we're like, if the music just fills me this Sunday, I'll be ready to go out and change the world this week. We think that if enough people just get involved, then, then I'll be ready to get involved too because I'll see that, that things are changing. Like we want, the, we want something external to stir us up with this kind of love. But I have good news today. This love is already planted in you and you don't need somebody else to stir it up. It's like the liquid nitrogen, right? When, when they poured it into that, we didn't have to add anything to it. Nothing had to be added. What you actually had to do is you just had to put the cap on so it could focus, could focus on what it is, which is a gas that wants to expand and blast out into the world. All that you need is in you to live a life bursting with love, and that is the love of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit at work in your soul. That's all you need. 
And if we just will focus on it, if we'll, if we'll spend time every day in prayer and focus on what it's doing inside of us, and we'll, we'll spend time every day just reading. And, and this is a, a great habit. I've been reading this book about habits. Like, don't start with a habit you can't do. Start with one verse a day. One verse. Open your Bible and choose one verse. Grab a devotional and read one verse. Start small. But if we'll spend time in prayer every day, if we'll spend a little bit of time in our Bible every day and focus on that which is within us, we don't need the external. We'll find that God can do the work inside of us to let that love burst out and change the world around us. That's what Jesus invites us to do. And then... And then when we hear God's call and we get involved in the world around us, when we start writing encouraging notes to friends and when we start serving and when we start being kind to people, even when our service is a mess at the restaurant, we start tipping nicely because we know that it's a way to bless those people. And when, when, we, when we're patient on the roads, in all of those places in our lives where our, our very actions show that the love of God bursting through us, people will start to ask, like, where does that patience come from? Where does that joy that you have, even though everything in your life is falling apart and yet you seem to find the strength to get through, where does that come from? Where does this kind of kindness come from? Why are you asking me to pray for me? Where does that, where does that care for me come from? And then we can share what's the love of God bursting through us. And we want you to know that kind of love too. This past week, the, like last seven days, Clay Church was active six of those days in different ways of serving our community and making a difference in the world. Two of those days, two of those days we were open for our food pantry and families came to us to, to fill their pantries. Two of those days our mobile food pantry went out into the community and and made a, a difference. It's now scheduled to go out every week. Um, people have heard about our mobile feed pantry and, and want us to take that blessing out into the world. One of those days, we distributed 200 backpacks, the first of 1,000. And the other day, we actually had a group come together and pack 1,000 backpacks, all ways of sharing God's love and a witness in our community. So this is, a, this is our invitation today. To ask ourselves, how does my life show God's love bursting forth through me? And to take a step to focus on that love, that Holy Spirit within us. And then, and then let it burst forth. So let me invite the, the band to come forward. We're going to sing in a minute of this story that we know, of this assurance that we know that we get to share as they're coming forward, let me just invite you to, to put your hands out on your lap. Just be comfortable. Put them out where you can just feel this day. And I want you to just take a deep breath. And I want you to just feel, feel the air moving around you. For some of you, you may even feel the bubbles. I just want you to, to feel God's presence is real in this moment, as real as the air around you. Some of you can feel it on your skin, and if you can't feel it on your skin, take a breath and, and breathe it in. That's how real God's presence is in this moment. God's love resides not out there somewhere. God's love is within you. And I want you to just pay attention to your, to your body. Pay attention to your heartbeat. 
If you need to, put your hand on your chest or on your pulse and, and feel your heart beat. God's love is, is pulsing through your, your veins. God's love is, is inside you, waiting to be shared, waiting, waiting to come out. And now knowing that love of Jesus Christ in and through your life, if you are willing to commit this morning to a life bursting with love, let me invite you to say this with me. Jesus' love is bursting through me. Jesus' love is bursting through me. Say it one more time with the emphasis on birth, bursting. Jesus' love is bursting through me. Amen.